Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Hello, boys and girls. Uh, welcome to another edition of Masala PTI. We are in the thick of the fantasy football season, and this is when uh, we think we do our uh, most exciting work. Uh, anyway, this is your host Arvind. I'm here with uh, my partner in crime, Ravi. Uh, Ravi, how is it? Does it feel to be uh, two weeks into a NFL season and a fantasy football season? That seems surprisingly fairly uh, normal and typical uh, from you know from a covid perspective yes arvind and uh, welcome to you and to everyone that's listening it's it's been great and i think the added juice of the fact that we are all uh, uh, enclosed within this covid driven cocoon makes it even more fun when we get to watch the games on sundays as well as then analyze and over analyze the statistics and uh, Uh, the fantasy element of it everything has taken on an added boost this season i feel and it's a lot of fun i i must yes. say much 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 more than i even anticipated yeah i have to say this is the most normal i have felt in 6 months and that's probably a lot of that is thanks to fantasy because you know the fantasy dealings are really not that much different from a pandemic perspective uh but even nfl as long as they don't have uh, you know game cancellations and people f- falling sick with covid which may eventually happen uh, the things do feel more normal than let's say the nba or major league baseball or things like that except for the fact that we didn't have preseason and so unfortunately most of the guys seems to be you know getting injured because of that uh, we will talk about that in a bit but from a general feel they don't have fans in the stand other than that thanks to fantasy dealings and fantasy discussions that people are having it it does feel like uh, you know after 6 months of covid uh, you know prison we are kind of some something feels normal and uh, typical that's that's actually been my reaction uh, so far but let's let's hope uh, this keeps going as far as the nfl season goes right yeah exactly because the only sobering uh, flip side to our sense of excitement i guess it's twofold one is this past weekend which i'm sure you would want to talk about uh, the rash of injuries suffered to key skill position players was just uh, uh astounding and uh, really terrible and then the other thing is that if we were to step out of the nfl or sports world it feels like the this omen of covid and the numbers just do not seem to be uh you know seemingly ebbing at all right uh, so i'm hoping that uh, within the bubble at least uh, things stay as safe as they have been for the last two weeks uh and hoping that all the injury Uh, uh issues that uh, seem to have completely flooded this past weekend uh is a is a one timer and we don't we don't need any more injuries let's just put it that way agreed uh speaking off let's let's dive right into it so obviously you know there were some really big name uh especially running backs who 
who have gotten hurt to varying degrees, right? Uh, Saquon Barkley, poor guy, is out for the season with the ACL. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is hurt. Uh, Raheem Mostert is hurt. The last two, Ravi, as you very well know, uh, are my running backs uh, in our league of records. Yes. So the next thing I'm going to talk about, or I want you to give me advice as well on what should I do, basically. This is now personal. But basically, the topic of the week, obviously, all kidding aside, is what do we do with the running backs, right? On the one hand, Ravi, I feel like I've never seen this many running backs, you know, pluckable, addable running backs available on on the waiver wire. Obviously, none of them are, you know, let in in Tomlinson's, but they are all serviceable, it looks like. And that's the good news, right? The bad news is, like we have been saying, it's all because of a rash of injuries, both in week one and week two, right? Le- Bell, Le'Veon Bell got hurt in week one and so on and so forth. So I'm going to rattle off a bunch of names and you tell me who are the top four guys. I'll bunch the, the names in no particular order, Ravi, and then I will follow that up with my ranking as well. Okay. Uh, it's Mike Davis, who is basically McCaffrey's backup. Uh, Jerick McKinnon, who's, you know, risen from the dead to be a pretty productive running back in uh, for San Francisco over the first two weeks. And then you got the whole mess behind Saquon Barkley, right? There's Devontae Freeman, who have been signed, Dion Lewis and Wayne Gallman. Our favorite. I think you and I traded for Galman like three years back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so then you got uh, Joshua Kelly, uh, who's doing well in San Diego. Daryl, I mean, I keep still keep saying San Diego, the Chargers. Daryl Henderson kind of showed up his uh, skill set for the Rams, which is seems to be another messy backfield. And J.D. McKissick, J.D. McKissick in Washington has some value as well. This is not to mention, Ravi, uh, the following names which, who may or may not have been drafted or picked after week one, uh, you know, shenanigans. That is Miles Gaskin from the Dolphins, Frank Gore, uh, Chase Edmonds, our Arizona backup. And of course, you know, Chris Thompson, Alexander Madison, and Benny Snell in Pittsburgh who seemed to do well in week one. But then once James Conner came back, he seems to be, uh, again, back to being a useless backup. But the point, Ravi, is I never remember this many names even, you know, discussable, if that's a word, uh, after week two. And like I said, it's all injury-driven. So my my top three or four in this list would be, I, I guess Mike Davis beats Jerick McKinnon. I really like McKinnon. Yeah. But the problem there are... You know, good news for me there is hopefully Mostert is back sooner than later, right? But still, you could make an argument that in that offense, there's always going to be work for more than one running back. So it's a close call between McKinnon and Davis, but Davis, I guess, wins the waiver pick of the week in most rankings because, unfortunately, McCaffrey is supposed to be out like four to six weeks or something like that. So I would probably go Davis, McKinnon, uh, Freeman, just as like a lottery ticket, uh, uh, with the Giants. Uh, it may take a couple of weeks for it to come to fruition, uh, but that would be my third pick. And I would actually rank Joshua Kelly somewhere uh, uh, ahead of Freeman or at least on par with Freeman. And that's the Chargers backup. In our league, that doesn't matter because I already have him. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that would that's how I see it. 
uh, how do you see it? And the names I left out of this are like Dion Lewis, Galman, Daryl Anderson, McKissick, or you can take it in another direction too, in terms of you know Gore and Edmonds and things like that. So I'm basically saying Davis, McKinnon, uh, Freeman slash Kelly in whatever order you want, the third and fourth. I see. So, Arvind, one thing is that I will, among the ones that you are not considering in the top four, I am in full agreement except for Henderson. I think I would make it my, I guess, top five and include Henderson in that. Okay. Um, to me, you know, again, with the running back, it's always been some combination of opportunity plus talent, right? And in this case, uh, the the sobering cold water uh, in the Rams' backfield is that volume is not going to be there. You know, when everyone's available and it looks like even this coming weekend, all mm-hmm. three of the Rams running backs probably will be available. So, given that, Henderson will probably have one-third of the committee work. But in terms of pure talent, he looks far and away the best among the three. So, just for that, he would be in the top five, but he would be number five for me. Number okay. four, number four would be Freeman. I think with Freeman, uh, it uh, to me it's a no contest between which New York Giant running back one should pick. I mean, Dion Lewis and Wayne Goldman. Lewis, especially, it's sad for me to say this, um, but he looks. I mean, they are just digits, or they are just numbers who would have kind of stood in the backfield if not for the fact that the Giants <laughs> ended up signing Freeman. And I think Freeman is only 28, and I did not realize it until I oh, read about wow. this today. I was, I was just going to ask you, how old is he, like 31 or 32? But wow, no, from, he's only 28. Wow. And this is based on a podcast that I was listening, and it seems like he's only 28, so it's not like he's in that dreaded post-30 washed-up mm-hmm. uh, profile. And last year, everyone talks about the fact that he was mediocre, and again, some of that seems to always get colored by the ADP versus performance. He ended up, I think, as PPR RB number 20. So okay. if you are getting, give or take a few, somewhere in you know an RB 20 to 22 or whatever it is, off of the free, uh, off of the waiver wire heap, I think that's a pretty good picking. So he would be four. Number three to me would be Davis. And this is where I go back to that volume versus talent. But in this case, I think the volume is going to be there. I mean, he is going to be the primary running back in the absence of McCaffrey. But I feel Davis is just another guy. I mean, he's mm-hmm. got n- nothing special about him. And yeah. I also fear, and this is just my totally wacky uh, fear, that I do think Curtis Samuel gets a portion of the running back work in Carolina. Uh, that's one thing. And the second thing is last year, if you remember, the backup to McCaffrey was this guy called Reggie Bonafant. Bonafant, Bonafant Bonafant, right? Yeah, Bonafant I was going to say... Something. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say and, Bohannon, but yeah. Uh, and he he he's currently on their practice squad, but I won't be surprised if they bring him up tomorrow. You know, on Wednesdays they usually bring them up. So my point is, yes, at the moment it looks like it's Davis's backfield, but to me, a that doesn't matter that much because the guy is not like again a Ladanian Tomlinson. And second thing is, they might just move their offense a little bit more to just just to make it more creative. So my top two is. Joshua Kelly one and McKinnon two. Uh, Kelly because he's the only one in this whole group whose workload is completely, uh, you know, non-related to injury. I think. Uh, by the way, kudos to you for picking him up. He has astounded me more than Thank any you. other play, uh, more than any other player this year. The fact that this guy came out of nowhere and uh, 
he's basically playing the Melvin Gordon role for the Chargers, while Eckler has had a slight uptick from his typical Eckler role. So, and that speaks volumes to the fact that a the coaching staff believes in Kelly and he's producing. So, to me, Kelly is number one because if you look at it as a rest of season ranking or rest of season expectation, once Mostert is back. Coleman, I thought was anyway, I don't know why Shanahan insists on using Coleman. But to me, Mostert and McKinnon are both uber-talented, really speedy guys. And one way or the other, McKinnon is going to lose his uh, portion of his work once Mostert returns. But to me, Kelly is going to stay consistent. So, do it would, so to me, it would be Kelly, then McKinnon, then Davis, Freeman and Henderson. Okay, so you are going talent, so I am going opportunity in the short term. Right. So I'm saying Davis, uh, McKinnon, uh, Kelly, Freeman, uh, and okay, that's that's a good way to break this down. And couple of points on Freeman. I was actually wondering if uh, Kyle Shanahan would actually go get him as well, uh, given the injuries, because you know they have a history in Atlanta yeah. too. But looks like. Uh, uh, you know, the Niners have other depths too. Actually, that Wilson is an, uh, a name to keep an eye on. He's not making the list, but I, I think he's going to get some carries as well, especially this week with uh, both Coleman and Mustard. If both of them are out, uh, Jeff Wilson is he's a pretty talented back yes. as well. You know, um, and he was one. Uh, he's he's wasn't he the one that scored. Two TDs against the Cardinals last year in one of the games, two or three maybe. I he did, he did actually. I was at the game. Maybe both of us yeah. were at the game. Uh, yeah, that was he because he he because the thing is, even with Mostert, I I believe during the, that game, I don't know if it was Mostert or Coleman show moves. It was Wilson was used was preferred as the goal line back, right? It was that was slightly before Mostert Mostert had to cover. Okay, so, it okay. was primarily Coleman and Breeder time at that time. Oh, right? yes, Breeder. I forgot about him. Yeah. I used to be a big Breeder guy last year. And then Coleman was uh, coming back from injury and he was doing really well. And then Wilson came in and he looked great in that game. You're absolutely right. So, keep an eye on him as well. As for Kelly, I'm absolutely uh, happy you think that uh, my pick was a good one. But one word of caution there is... I believe Justin Jackson has been in and out of the lineup, right? Over the first two games. So, he is the quote-unquote RB3 in that depth chart. Uh, so, I, you know, I, that's a situation to watch as well because that could become a three-headed monster as well. But you're right. This guy does look like he is uh, kind of mimicking the Melvin Gordon role, which is great if, if, if you know, somebody can... Uh, you know, pick him up in their yeah. leagues. Yeah. By the way, on a on a on a on a side note, and this is uh, this is not a joke. This is true. But you were mentioning about Shanahan. You you were wondering whether Shanahan would bring in Devonta Freeman. He obviously mm-hmm. did not. And instead, the 49ers have brought in Paul Perkins, our favorite Paul <laughs> Perkins. Didn't we trade him too? I yes, think we, we traded him too. We traded we traded him a couple of times amongst each other. But he's been brought in for a tryout. So, I'm hoping for poor Jarek McKinnon's sake that he doesn't have to share carries with Paul Perkins again. Paul Perkins, okay, that's breaking news you're giving me. I didn't know that. Paul Perkins may then take some goal line stuff away from him. Even though, surprisingly, Jarek McKinnon was more visible in the goal line than 
mastered, which little, confused me a little bit in the, in week one. Yeah, the thing uh, with McKinnon is, and you obviously are the 49er expert, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, the fact, at, 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 just as a corporate or organizational decision standpoint, the fact that this guy had two season-ending injuries at the beginning of the season, and the 49ers still place such a lot of trust in him, and obviously Shanahan believes in me, means something, right? I mean, in, in, right. regarding his talent. And right. for what it's worth, in both these games, he's looked electric. He's awesome, dude. And, and I think Shanahan really likes him. You're right. I, everybody's expecting the Niners to cut him. Yeah, but yeah. they just keep bringing him back. Uh, and he, you're right, he looks good. He's always been uber talented. He just needs to stay uh, healthy. And by the yeah. way, Paul Perkins, I'm just looking him up. He's from Mesa, Arizona. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see, where did he go to school? Uh, UCLA. Okay, that's not a far hike. Yeah. Cool. Okay, I think uh, that's a good list. Uh, we could be talking about these running backs all day, but let's pivot a little bit uh, to quarterbacks, Ravi. The quarterbacks, I needed... Uh, I have been really impressed with a couple of them and also disappointed with a couple of them. So I thought that would be a good topic to discuss two weeks into the fantasy season. So the the big old stars, you know, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, both of them have looked shaky. Whereas Ben Roethlisberger, who I so badly badmouthed in our last part, if you remember, yes. is, is making me eat some humble pie. And he has looked much better than I had expected, at least. I don't know what your take on him was. But those three guys, I was just wondering, how do you see that rest of the year, right? Uh, I am beginning to like Ben Roethlisberger, so I have done a complete 180. Uh, on Breeze, I used to like him two weeks back. Now I'm having some serious concerns. And Brady is really, is, he has been the same, I think, for the last couple of years. He has just been carrying that aura and that uh, hype, right? So the way yes. I would rank them is basically at this point, Ben, Breeze and Brady. Now on the flip side, there's also some gems on the waiver wire If in, in depending on your league. There is Minshew, there is Joe Burrow and there is Ryan Tannehill, right? They, all three of them, I am beginning to, uh, you know, believe in. Uh, I probably, uh, you know, would rank them Tannehill, Bur- Minshew, Burrow at this point. Uh, with Burrow being a rookie, that could change week to week. But I was just wondering, how do you see the quarterback situation on both ends of the spectrum? The legends yes. as well as the, the up-and-coming or whatever you want to call these other three guys who seem to be good. And feel free to throw in any names that I am missing here. Uh, yeah. So, you know, amongst the names that you uh, that you outlined as, you know, the quote-unquote legends, and uh, if I were to expand the definition of legend and make it more into the traditional, the last five years, the typical QBs that have scored highly and include Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins in that group as well. And you find that other than Rodgers for sure and Roethlisberger to some extent, Everyone else looks washed up, right? I mean, I'm including Cousins in that as well. I mean, obviously, he's in a different uh, generational <laughs> age. Yeah, he's not then. that old, right? He's, he's just not, bad. He, he's, <laughs> I guess, yeah, he's just bad. But it's just that, you know, if you look at, if you look at the end of season 
uh, quarterback scoring for the past couple of seasons, Cousins always been in the top ten without mm. ever giving the impression that oh he deserves to be a high quarterback draftee during during the fantasy football draft. He, 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 He'll have a couple of games where he'll throw for two fifty and four, but then intersperse that with a million, you know, one fifty and two interception games as well. Mm. But, but to me, the you know this it's been just two games, but to me this more than ever validates two things that I remember you and I spoke last year. One that the whole definition of QB in the fantasy football world has completely changed. To looking at QBs that can throw a bit, but can right. So the okay. Kyler, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen yeah. type of QBs are much more valuable than your prototype. And Mahomes is the one guy that's holding the. But even though he's a freaking great, uh, uh, you know, scrambler as well. I mean, a runner as well. But to me, no, he runs. Yeah. So, but but to me, that's the problem right now. That in typical scoring leagues. Even at their best, the Bradys and Breezes of the world would be mm-hmm. slightly above average, and that has only gotten compounded by the fact that both of them seem to have kind of crossed the hump towards the less than <laughs> less less than good side. Um, and you said it last week, in fact, that Brady's kind of looked sketchy the last couple of seasons. Breeze was awesome last year. Right. But what we are seeing right now is, I feel, a very steep fall for him. And I don't know if Michael Thomas's absence has something to do with it, and uh, uh, or what, whatever else. And, and again, it's a two-game sample size. But right. if you were to ask me right now, if I had no quarterback, I'd any day start Gardner Minshew, then either Breeze or Brady. Yes, it may not. The name value is not there. Sometimes, yeah. let's face it, right? We are all swayed by the name. Uh, you just look at how many trades OBJ and guys like that are involved in when really there's probably 10 receivers who would you rather have than OBJ or somebody like that. But as far as that same thing applies for Breeze and Brady at this point, I think. But what about the other, the, the, the Minshew type quarterbacks who may be available uh, and who may be accessible for some of the fantasy folks? Uh, how do you like him versus, let's say, a Joe Burrow? And I think in a lot of leagues, Tannehill is probably available too. Uh, well, yes, yeah. So to me, see, the, then you again similar to our discussion around what do you, uh, you know, what do you consider as key parameters before you select from a closed group of resource? I mean, of running backs, like you know, ones that are kind of in the same range. How do you make a choice? And to me, in terms of quarterbacks, it's uh, to me it's always around who has, I guess, then the best offensive line. So Tannehill, I think, is making hay behind that Tennessee line, and then having Derek Henry in the backfield. So defenses yes. are geared around stopping Henry, and Tannehill ends up, you know, 200 yards and four TDs. So to me, among that group, Tannehill is the one. In fact, I own him in one of the other leagues I play in, and so far it's been good. And similarly yeah. to me, what favors Minshew over Burrow is, frankly, I feel just experience. And I know in Minshew's case, it's just one extra year. But the guy seems so uh, mature. Uh, you know, he seems to have his, uh, uh, you know, wherewithal. And uh, in fact, the comparison I was thinking of was today, if you were the GM of a football team and you had like, you know, one quarterback between Minshew or Baker, 
who would you yeah. take and you know you probably listened to this too not to interrupt you i think uh, bill simmons was making this oh, yes. great point right that's Minshew, right minshu is who we thought baker mayfield will be or would be <laughs> that's right, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right so, so i think we have that ranking almost identical the tanahill uh, uh, minshu burrow so that's that's uh, i agree with you on that the, the thing about tanahill is exactly like you said right the defenses i think for the foreseeable future will try to bottle up derrick henry right yes, they all yes. said and that is the bread and butter so that means just more open space and more opening for tanahill and the receivers right and that's a fantastic situation to be uh the only downside to tanahill from a fantasy perspective is going to be those defenses which despite their best efforts cannot uh, slow down henry which happens a lot right that guy is so good yes there are weeks where he will still run for 200 yards and then maybe tanahill doesn't have any reason to do even you know get his uh, jersey dirty so there are going to be a few weeks like that against really bad defenses but for the most part I totally agree with you. This guy seems to have everything going for him, including a stellar running back uh, who will be the focus of the defenses he's running into week after week. So, yeah, I mean, we, we you know, I uh, I was definitely surprised among the group by Tannehill and Breeze on both ends of the spectrum. But I guess I should have really not been that surprised with Tannehill because apparently he has been this good for ten uh, weeks or something like that, going back to last year. But I kind of missed that. Yeah, so that's on me. So Tannehill yeah, in Tannehill in Miami uh, versus Tannehill in Tennessee, and then Tannehill in Tennessee versus uh, Mariota in Tennessee. I guess at some point of time we need to recognize that maybe Tannehill is good. because uh, you know in miami he had adam gase as his coach and you can see what he's been doing uh, what gase has done to his players in new york with the jets and then mariota can't even get like a uh, like you know a starting gig he's basically backing up derek car right right I, i if i'm not yes wrong. yes yes so, for a lot so of money may- too <laughs> yeah that's right so maybe tanahill is good uh, but so one has to you know give him that but at the same time i agree with you i think when you have derek henry and an awesome offensive line i guess you 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 should be serviceable right and any other thoughts um, on the nfl in general ravi and and shout out to you for uh, you know your boy cam newton he is looking great after a couple of weeks i know you have always been a cam newton fan uh, he has been looking good so i think they are going to make it to the playoffs after all uh, not that that was in a you know big doubt i think i'm a little bit surprised by how good uh, raiders have looked so far i don't know yeah. if them or their uh, opposition uh, and of course our you know arizona cardinals and kyler murray i think they the sky is the limit for them they are really really good at least on the offensive side of the ball uh, those are my thoughts anything you you would like to uh, just throw out there from a general nfl perspective So just uh, I guess two things. Uh, one is in terms of the Cardinals. What really pleased me is obviously the two and zero start. That's great. But I believe they are in the top seven in both run blocking and pass blocking, and that is never that hasn't been the case even during the Kurt Warner era teams or the one that went to the Super Bowl or obviously not during the Jake Plummer era. So I guess they finally have a really 
well-rounded team. Uh, and Kyler is just unique. I think uh, for all that we have been, uh, you know, saying in in the praise of Lamar Jackson for the past couple of seasons, yeah. I see this guy potentially becoming a better version of Lamar, uh, you know, over, over the next uh, 14 or 15 weeks. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. So, I so, think so. he's a better passer. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, the only risk with him is, you know, I still feel like he can really get hurt if he runs and overextends himself. But there was an interesting stat, which I don't know if you saw, against the Niners, apparently he ran like, I'm making these numbers up, but something like 14 times, and then he actually slid and was not touched by anybody 12 of those 14 times or something. Which so, means he seems to be really smart about it. So there was a huge debate about it as far as uh, why that is the case. And I guess, and, and again, you may already know this, but given his baseball pedigree, he basically oh, yeah. slides in as if, you know, he's stealing a base, <laughs> and which, which A, saves him from you know, major hits, but also, especially against the Niners, this happened, right? Where a couple of times uh, the defenders were called for uh, a personal foul when they literally had no other option but to jump on him because he was coming at their feet. That's a good point. Yeah, his baseball background helps him. But that's the only difference with Lamar, right? Lamar is a true runner. He is a true runner. This guy is too small. He needs to be really, really careful. Because if a 300-pound lineman takes him out, you'll be really out. That's the only scare with him. But speaking of, did you see this kid, Justin Herbert, or the Chargers? He was really plowing into people as if, like, he's the linebacker. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I'm hoping the coaching staff had a talk with him because, uh, I mean, and again, credit to him. I think I saw one play where it was, whatever, a third and three or third and four, and he got the first down. But the last couple of yards... He was going headlong at the defender and you probably don't want that. <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> but speaking of the cards, you know, just one uh, small thing, which is that uh, I feel the guy that's going to break out and I'm saying it obviously for, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, you own him. So uh, just a call out there. The guy that I think is going to really break out in the in, in the next few weeks is Christian Kurf. Uh, oh, I, don't know if you, if, I don't know if you had a chance to watch, uh, you know, these two games uh, wire to wire, but Kirk right now is leading the league in air yards and there have been at least four or five long bombs that Kyler has overthrown him on Mm. and with Hopkins kind of taking attention, Fitz doing his thing close to the line of scrimmage, I feel Kirk's time is coming uh, and that will be even more fun when that happens. That's the theory, but unfortunately, given all my injuries and stuff like that in my fantasy team, I might have to drop him. So hmm. may- maybe he ends up on your roster, Ravi. So if you drop him, he'll be on my <laughs> roster for sure. Anyways, uh, anything else you want to add before we uh, call it a show? No, nothing else comes to mind. This has been great. Yeah, great, and I guess. Uh, you know, NBA playoffs is going as well. We'll get into it a little bit more next uh, week. Uh, other than that, uh, good luck this week for everybody in fantasy football. And let's hope the NFL keeps it going. You have a good rest of the week as well, Ravi. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Arvind. And I'll talk to you soon.